chapters 55 through 80 of on illustrious men by saint jerome this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter 55 ammonius a talented man of great philosophical learning was distinguished at alexandria at the same time among many indistinguished monuments of his genius is the elaborate work which he composed on the harmony of moses and jesus and the gospel canons which he worked out and which eusebius of caesarea afterwards followed porphyry falsely accused him of having become a heathen again after being a christian but it is certain that he continued a christian until the very end of his life chapter fifty six ambrosius at first a marcionite but afterwards set right by origin was deacon of the church and gloriously distinguished as confessor of the lord to him together with protoctius the presbyter the book of origin on martyrdom was written aided by his industry funds and perseverance origin dictated a great number of volumes he himself as befits a man of noble literature was of no mean literary talent as his letters to origin indicate he died moreover before the death of origin and is condemned by many as being a man of wealth he did not at death remember in his will his old and needy friend chapter fifty seven Trypho, pupil of Origen, to whom some of his extant letters are addressed, was very learned in the scriptures, and this many of his works show here and there, but especially the book which he composed on the red heifer in Deuteronomy, and on the halves, which with the pigeon and turtle doves were offered by Abraham, as recorded in Genesis. Chapter 58. Minucius Felix, a distinguished advocate of Rome, wrote a dialogue representing a discussion between a Christian and a Gentile, which is entitled Octavius, and still another work passes current in his name, on fate or against mathematics. But this, although it is the work of a talented man, does not seem to me to correspond in style with the above-mentioned work. Lacentius also mentions this Minucius in his works. Chapter 49. Gaius, Bishop of Rome, in the time of Zephrinius, that is, in the reign of Antonius, the son of Severus, delivered a very noble disputation against Proculus, the follower of Montanus, convicting him of temerity in his defense of the new prophecy, and in the same volume, also enumerating only thirteen epistles of Paul, says that the fourteenth, which is now called to the Hebrews, is not by him, and is considered among the Romans to the present day as being by the apostle Paul. Chapter 60. Borelius, bishop of Bostra in Arabia, after he had ruled the church gloriously for a little while, finally lapsed into the heresy which denies that Christ existed before the Incarnation. Set right by Origen, he wrote various short works, especially letters, in which he thanks Origen. The letters of Origen to him are also extant, and the dialogue between Origen and Berylus, as well, in which his heresies are discussed. He was distinguished during the reign of Alexander, son of Mamia, and Maximinius, and Gordanius, who succeeded him in power. Chapter 61. Hippolytus, bishop of some church, the name of the city I have not been able to learn, wrote a reckoning of the Paschal Feast in chronological tables, which he worked out up to the first year of the emperor Alexander. He also discussed the cycle of sixteen years, which the Greek called Ekaideka Eretheretha, 
and gave the cue to Eusebius, who composed on the same Paschal feast a cycle of nineteen years, that is, Enuthia Decathera. He wrote some commentaries on the scriptures, among which are the following, on the six days of creation, on Exodus, on the Song of Songs, on Genesis, on Zechariah, on the Psalms, on Isaiah, on Daniel, on the Apocalypse, on the Proverbs, on Ecclesiasticus, on Saul, on the Pythonicia, on the Antichrist, on the Resurrection, against Marcion, on the Passover, against all heresies, and an exhortation on the praise of our Lord and Savior, in which he indicates that he is speaking in the church in the presence of Origen. Ambrosius, who we have said was converted by Origen from the heresy of Marcion to the true faith, urged Origen to write an emulation of Hippolytus, commentaries on the scriptures, offering him seven and even more secretaries and their expenses, and an equal number of copyists, and what is still more, with incredible zeal, daily exacting work from him, on which account Origen, in one of his epistles, calls him his, quote, taskmaster. Chapter 62. Alexander, bishop of Cappadocia, desiring to visit the Holy Land, came to Jerusalem at the time when Narcissus, bishop of the city, already an old man, ruled the church. It was revealed to Narcissus and many of his clergy that on the morning of the next day a bishop would enter the city who would be in assistance on the sacerdotal throne. And so it came to pass, as it was predicted, and all the bishops of Palestine being gathered together, Narcissus himself being especially urgent, Alexander took him with the helm of the church of Jerusalem. At the end of one of his epistles, written to the Antinotites on the peace of the church, he says, Narcissus, who held the bishopric here before me, and now with me, exercises his office by his prayers, being about a hundred and sixteen years old, salutes you, and with me begs you to become of one mind. He wrote another also to the Antiochians, by the hand of Clement, the presbyter of Alexandria, of whom we spoke above, another also to Origen, and, in behalf of Origen against Demetrius, called forth by the fact that, according to the testimony of Demetrius, he had made Origen presbyter. There are other epistles of his to different persons. In the seventh persecution under Decius, at the time when Babylas of Antioch was put to death, brought to Caesarea and shut up in prison, he received the crown of martyrdom for confessing Christ. Chapter 63. Julius Africanus, whose five volumes on chronology are yet extant in the reign of Marcus Aurelius Antonius, who succeeded Macrinus, received a commission to restore the city of Emmaus, which afterwards was called Nicopolis. There is an epistle of his to Origen on the question of Susanna, where it is contended that this story is not contained in the Hebrew and is not consistent with the Hebrew etymology in respect of the play on Prinos and Prisai, Shinknos and Shinksai. In reply to this, Origen wrote a learned epistle. There is extant another letter of his to Aristides, in which he discusses at length the discrepancies which appear in the genealogy of our Savior, as recorded by Matthew and Luke. Chapter 64. Gimenius, presbyter of the church at Antioch, composed a few monuments of his genius, flourishing in the time of Emperor Alexander and Zabenius, bishop of his city, especially at the time at which 
Miraculous was ordained pontiff of the church at Alexandria. Chapter 65 Theodorus, afterwards called Gregory, bishop of Neo-Caesarea and Pontus, while yet a very young man, in company with his brother and Theodorus, went from Cappadocia to Beritus and thence to Caesarea and Palestine to study Greek and Latin literature. When Origen had seen the remarkable ability of these men, he urged them to study philosophy, in the teaching of which he gradually introduced the matter of faith in Christ, and made them also his followers. So instructed by him for five years, they were sent back by him to their mother. Theodorus, on his departure, wrote a panegyric of thanks to Origen and delivered it before a large assembly, Origen himself being present. This panegyric is extant at the present day. He wrote also a short but very valuable paraphrase on Ecclesiastes, and current report speaks of other epistles of his, but more especially of the signs and wonders, which as bishop he performed to the great glory of the churches. Chapter 66 Cornelius, Bishop of Rome, to whom eight letters of Cyprian are extant, wrote a letter to Fabius, Bishop of the Church at Antioch, on the Roman, Italian, and African councils, and another on Novation, and those who had fallen from the faith, a third on the Acts of the Council, and a fourth for a prolix one to the same Fabius containing the causes of the Novatian heresy and anathema of it. He ruled the church for two years under Gallus and Volusinius. He received the crown of martyrdom for Christ and was succeeded by Lucius. Chapter 62 Cyprian of Africa at first was famous as a teacher of rhetoric, and afterwards on the persecution of the presbyter Cassilius from whom he received his surname, he became a Christian and gave all his substance to the poor. Not long after, he was induced into the presbytery and was also made bishop of Carthage. It is unnecessary to make a catalogue of the works of his genius, since they are more conspicuous than the sun. He was put to death under the emperors Valerian and Galinius in the eighth persecution on the same day that Cornelius was put to death at Rome, but not in the same year. Chapter 68 Pontinius, deacon of Cyprian, sharing his exile until the day of his death, left a noble volume on the life and death of Cyprian. Chapter 69. Dionysius, bishop of Alexandria, as presbyter had charge of the catechetical school under Heracles, was the most distinguished pupil of origin. Consenting to the doctrine of Cyprian and the African synod, on the rebaptizing of heretics, he sent many letters to different people, which are yet extant. He wrote one to Fabius, bishop of the church of Antioch, on penitence, another to the Romans, by the hand of Hippolytus, two letters to Zistos, who had succeeded Stephen, two also to Philemon and Dionysius, presbyters of the church at Rome, and another to the same Dionysius, afterwards bishop of Rome, and to Novation, treating of their claim that Novation had been ordained bishop of Rome against his will. The beginning of this epistle is as follows. Dionysius to Novation, his brother greeting. If you say you have been ordained unwillingly, as you say, you will prove it, when you shall willingly retire. There is another epistle of his also to Dionysius and Didymus, and many festal epistles on the Passover, written in a declamatory style, also one to the church, of Alexandria on exile, 
one to Herax, bishop in Egypt, and yet others on mortality, on the Sabbath, and on the gymnasium, also one to Hermamon, and others on the persecution of Decius, and two books against Nephos, the bishop, who asserted in his writings a thousand years reign in the body. Among other things, he diligently discussed the apocalypse of John, and wrote against Sabellius, and to Ammon, bishop of Bernice, and to Telesphorus, and to Euphraphonor, also four books to Dionysius, bishop of Rome, to the Laodiceans on penitence, to Origen on martyrdom, to the Armenians on penitence, and also on the order of transgression, to Timothy on nature, to Euphranor on temptation, many letters also to Vasilius, in one of which he asserts that he also began to write commentaries on Ecclesiastes, the notable epistle which he wrote against Paul of Samosa, a few days before his death is also current. He died in the twelfth year of Galenius. Chapter 70 Novatianus, presbyter of Rome, attempted to usurp the sacerdotal chair occupied by Cornelius and established the dogma of the Novatians, or as they are called in Greek, the Catheri, by refusing to receive penitent apostates. Novatius, author of this doctrine, was a presbyter of Cyprian. He wrote on the Passover, on the Sabbath, on circumcision, on the priesthood, on prayer, on the food of the Jews, on zeal, on Atalus, and many others, especially a great volume on the Trinity, a sort of epitome of the work of Tertullian, which many mistakenly ascribe to Cyprian. Chapter 71 Malchion, the highly gifted presbyter of the Church of Antioch, who had most successfully taught rhetoric in the same city, held a discussion with Paul of Samosata, who, as bishop of the church at Antioch, had introduced the doctrine of Artemon, and this was taken down by shorthand writers. This dialogue is still extant, and yet another extended epistle written by him in behalf of the council is addressed to Dionysius and Maximus, bishops of Rome and Alexandria. He flourished under Claudius and Aurelianus. Chapter 72. Archelaus, bishop of Mesopotamia, composed in the Syriac language a book of the discussion which he held with Manichaeus when he came from Persia. This book, which is translated into Greek, is possessed by many. He flourished under the emperor Probus, who succeeded Aurelianus and Tacitus. Chapter 73. Antolonius of Alexandria, bishop of Laodicea in Syria, who flourished under the emperors Probus and Charas, was a man of wonderful learning in arithmetic, geography, astronomy, grammar, rhetoric, and dialectic. We can get an idea of the greatness of his genius from the volume which he wrote on the Passover and his ten books on the Institutes of Arithmetic. Chapter 74 Victorinius, Bishop of Petau, was not equally familiar with Latin and Greek. On this account, his works, though notable in thought, are inferior in style. They are the following, commentaries on Genesis, on Exodus, on Leviticus, on Isaiah, on Ezekiel, on Habakkuk, on Ecclesiastes, on the Song of Songs, on the Apocalypse of John, against all heresies, and many others. At the last he received the crown of martyrdom. Chapter 75. Pamphilius, the presbyter, patron of Eusebius, bishop of Caesarea, was so inflamed with love of sacred literature 
and that he transcribed the greater part of the works of Origen with his own hand, and these are still preserved in the library at Caesarea. I have twenty-five volumes of commentaries of Origen, written in his hand, on the twelve prophets, which I hung and guard with such joy that I deem myself to have the wealth of Croesus. And if it is such joy to have one epistle of a martyr, how much more to have so many thousand lines which seem to me to be traced in his blood. He wrote an apology for Origen before Eusebius had written his and was put to death in Caesarea in Palestine in the persecution of Maximinimus. Chapter 76. Parisus, presbyter of the church at Alexander in the reign of Carus and Diocletian, at the time of Theonous, ruled as bishop in the same church, taught the people with great success, attained such elegance of language, and published so many treaties on all sorts of subjects, which are still extant, that he was called Origen Jr. He was remarkable for his self-discipline, devoted to voluntary poverty, and thoroughly acquainted with the dialectic art. After the persecution, he passed the rest of his life at Rome. There is extant a long treatise of his on the prophet Hosea, which from internal evidence appears to have been delivered on the vigil of Passover. Chapter 77 Lucianus, a man of great talents, presbyter of the Church of Antioch, was so diligent in the study of the Scriptures that even now certain copies of the Scriptures bear the name of Lucian. Works of his on faith and short epistles to various people are extant. He was put to death in Nicomedia for his confession of Christ in the persecution of Maximinius and was buried at Helenopolis in Bithynia. Chapter 78 Phileas, a resident of that Egyptian city which is called the Mouis, of noble family and no small wealth, having become bishop, composed a finely written work in praise of martyrs and arguing against the judge who tried to compel him to offer sacrifices was beheaded for Christ during the same persecution in which Lucenius was put to death at Nicomedia. Chapter 79 Arnobius was a most successful teacher of rhetoric at Sicia in Africa during the reign of Diocletian and wrote volumes against the nations which may be found everywhere. Chapter 80 Ferminius, also known as Lactantius, a disciple of Arnobius, during the reign of Diocletian, summoned to Nicomedia with Flavius the Grammarian, whose poem on medicine is still extant, taught rhetoric there, and on account of his lack of pupils, since it was a Greek city, he betook himself to writing. We have a banquet of his, which he wrote as a young man in Africa, and as an itinerary of a journey from Africa to Nicomedia, written in hexamers and another book which is called The Grammarian, and a most beautiful one on the wrath of God, and Divine Institutes Against the Nations, seven books, and an epitome of the same work in one volume, without a title, also two books to Eclepiads, one book on persecution, four books of epistles to Probus, two books of epistles to Severus, two books of epistles to his pupil Demetrius, and one book on the same on the work of God or the creation of man. In his extreme old age, he was tutor to Crispus Caesar, a son of Constantine in Gaul, the same one who was afterwards put to death by his father. End of chapters 55 through 80.